Welcome to the Inherent Dream Podcast Network, home to 763, The Local Morning Show, and The Trevor J. Brown Show. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like at facebook.com slash Inherent Dream and follow us on X at Inherent Dream. The Trevor J. Brown Show. The Trevor J. Brown Show is meant for an adult audience. An adult audience. The Trevor J. Brown Show may contain explicit language and topics. Explicit language and topics. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show. Be a part of the show and email us at inheritdream at yahoo.com. And now, your host, Trevor J. Brown. Welcome into another edition of the Trevor J. Brown Show here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Another week, another stellar program for you. Mark TNT Stone is here for our football finale tonight. Stone joined us all season long to talk about the games each week, make some picks, win some money, and have some fun. We close the curtain on the National Football League season tonight with Stone. Then I'll tell you about the brand new best of section on our website, inherentdream.com. And we finish the show with a little commentary and why I feel the game itself is merely background noise during the Super Bowl. A big thank you to our sponsors, the Deep Valley Book Festival. Shima Exteriors, author Regina Noel Downing, Jensen Sales Plus, In Good Hands Massage, Jellyfish Graphics, and Realtor Elizabeth Jamelli. Welcome to your weekend and your new favorite podcast, The Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. This is The Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Printing done right. Business made easy. That's what you get with Jellyfish Graphics in Princeton. Jellyfish Graphics offers high quality embroidery, screen printing, banners, stickers, paper printing, and much, much more. A company built on the foundation of integrity, community, and veteran-owned. Get started with your project today and visit MyJellyfishGraphics.com. Jellyfish Graphics is the official promotional products and apparel provider for the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Hi, this is Regina Noel Downing, the owner and instructor of the Regina Noel Music Studio and author of the Family Story Songbook series, including Give a Little Snuggle, The Bedtime Rhyme, and Dear Mom and Dad. If you're looking for educational entertainment for your school, daycare, or library delivered with a song, I'm available for live and or Zoom engagements and classes. And if you need an experienced guest speaker for educators, future educators, and even parents about how to build rapport and connect and teach effectively with compassion, please contact me. My email is author.reginanoeldowning at gmail.com or find me on Facebook at Regina Noel Downing Author. Here's to you doing the best you can with what you've got. I hope to hear from you soon. This is the Trevor J. Brown Show here on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. All season long, we have been blessed with his hot takes and predictions Here he is for his final appearance of the National Football League season, Mark Stone, Mr. TNT Stone. How are you tonight? 
I'm doing good, Trevor. You know, the NFL season came to a, a, an exciting conclusion. I think we got to say that for the Super Bowl going into overtime and such. Um, from a 49ers fan standpoint, definitely disappointed with the way things went. But however, I went three for three on my bets. You know, the Christian McCaffrey over three and a half yards in the first carry. I think he had seven or eight. Taking the 49ers money line for the first half. Nailed it. And we also came in on the under, which is 47 and a half points. They scored 47 with the overtime. So doesn't get any closer than that. But three for three, you got to like it if you're a betting man at the Super Bowl. I want to talk about the over under for a second because early part of the week, Stone, when everything came out, it was hanging out at that 47 and a half. Then it. Then it went down later in the week. I think at one point it went down to 46 and a half or 46. This is just proof in the pudding that when you are given a number that is such easy money, which we both thought it was pretty easy money when that 47 and a half came out, you got to jump on that right away because you missed out on on uh, some bread and butter if you waited until Friday. Yeah, and that's the big thing with any type of betting you're doing, we've talked about it during the season. You know, you want to get the best of the number, you know, and sometimes that's very early in the season. Sometimes it's, it's late in the week when after, you know, John Q six pack comes in and lays money down on whatever favorite or whatever, you get a better line with the dog or with the favorite, whatever, you know, so when the public comes in, sometimes it gets better. Sometimes you want to beat the public to the window. So you do get the better line and it doesn't shrink. So it is all in timing and of course timing of our show sometimes we don't get the best get you to the best of the line at times and we're taking a line that was better earlier in the week than what it was but when we recorded the show last week yes it was hovering around that 47 and a half um again when we tell you to hammer it hammer it because like you said it switched it moved down even further and that and that's a real bad news for those people that did get 46 46 and a half because that overtime that overtime sunk them. So, yeah, it, 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 it's just a really learn. It's a really big learning lesson when you're betting, and those are the things you need to watch for. John Lynch has assembled a phenomenal team in San Francisco. They still have a phenomenal team going into next year. I like your coach, but can your coach win the big game? That, that's the question that I have. You know, you know, Trevor. This was the same question that they've been asking, that they asked Andy Reid all those yeah. years that he was in Philly. And you got to get the right pieces together. Um, as far as as far as things go, I think the right pieces. I mean, let's face it; they almost beat Kansas City, and I know almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, but it was almost there. I've, I've been hearing people now screaming at the top of their lungs that Steve Wilkes is the scapegoat here as he was relieved of his duties yesterday as the uh, 49ers are on Wednesday as the 49ers defensive coordinator. And I kind of mentioned it on this show, the defense just hasn't played up to what they've needed to up to this point. Now, they played really good in the Super Bowl, but when Kyle's the one who has to call a timeout in overtime because he doesn't like what Wilkes is pulling out there from a defensive standpoint – I mean, come on. He, he, he's the offensive coach, not the defense coach. And I get it. He's the head coach. He's got a real things in. But Steve Wilkes was over his head 
going up against Andy Reid. And when Dre Greenlaw was lost in that game, you saw the teeth come out of the 49ers defense. They were not as effective as they were at the beginning of the game, you know, for the first quarter and a half when Greenlaw was in there. So, you know, those are things to take in. Um, I'm hearing different rumors of Vrabel, one of them, Belichick, another. It'd be interesting, you know, I, I can I can see, I, I don't know if Belichick would actually take a job as defensive coordinator, but I could see Kyle taking, bringing in either one of those guys and just like the defense is yours to do whatever the hell you want to do with it. We'll get the personnel you need and let's see what's going from there. So that's an exciting portion of it because something's got to change if you want to win this game, if you want to knock off the Chiefs. And this was the year to knock off the Chiefs. I think that's what's sad for the whole AFC in general that they couldn't get a different representative in the Super Bowl and for the 49ers facing them again this is going to be the weakest they're going to be and you weren't able to pull it off well and I have to give you props I mean you you've been calling Steve Wilkes a joke pretty much all season here on the program at one point I think I defended him a little bit I am not the biggest Steve Wilkes advocate but I think his 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 mind, his his playbook, his age kind of showed in some of his play calling and just some of his designs, and it just it didn't didn't work out. The thing that's that sucks, in my opinion, for your team is one they had a great season, and I get that. Well, close but no cigar. There's no moral victories, all of that stuff. But for the most part, I I, I mean, I know you had some injuries throughout this season, but. You, your team was fairly healthy this season compared to the past couple of years. And, you know, I, I know some people had some questions now as we go into the offseason because if you look at betting favorites, who's the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year, I think right now San Francisco has a better money line than Kansas City. And people are like, well, Kansas City just won, won the championship. Well, let me tell you why San Francisco has better odds to get back to the Super Bowl because they play in the NFC. The NFC is much, much, much weaker than the AFC. Yes, I I think we're in agreement here. We'll never probably bet against Patrick Mahomes again during his career. However, I don't want to write off guys like Joe Burrow. I don't want to write guys off like, uh, like Josh Allen or Trevor Lawrence or all of these other great quarterbacks that are in the AFC. Yeah, Mahomes could very much likely get back there. He could win five more championships. We don't know, but there's some pretty damn good talent on uh, the AFC side of the ball. Yeah, and that's the thing. It is a gauntlet into the AFC. Um, the 49ers were the first team to coin the three-peat phrase um, back after the 88 and 89 back-to-backs. They talked about getting there for a third time. They were a Roger Craig fumble away in the NFC Championship against the Giants that year to punch their ticket to a third straight Super Bowl. And for me, Kansas City can talk about it all they want. There's a reason why it hasn't been done. And your Patriots teams, too, were very close to doing it a couple of times as well after after a back-to-back it's very, very difficult to win three straight in this league. And that's why the league is so good. And yeah, going through the AFC, I just don't see Kansas City being able to do it. But stranger things have happened. I also didn't think they were going to be in the Super Bowl this year. I also didn't think in the Super Bowl that they had the better team, which they did not. I also, but they found a way to pull it off. Um, questionable refing calls at different points in time again missing key key ingredients that once again bounce towards the chiefs so 
You can call it what you want. I don't care. I'm not saying it's a tainted championship, but it's not as dominant. It's not as dominant of a team as I would say when the Patriots went back to back, when the Cowboys went back to back, and when the 49ers went back to back, the last three back to back teams going into that third year. All three of those teams looked a lot better than this Chiefs team. A hundred percent agree. I totally agree with you. Mark Stone is with us here on a free-for-all Friday on the Trevor J. Brown Show. Stone will be back with us at some point. We might have him back in March to talk a little March Madness. I'm sure we'll have you back at some point before our little summer hiatus to talk a little baseball, maybe NBA Finals as well. Um, But I I agree with you in terms of the champion, the, the, the Chiefs. I mean, at one point, Stone, in the season, we didn't know if the Chiefs were going to even win their division. And they ended up winning the division. They made the playoffs. Now they're Super Bowl champions. I get that. But they weren't dominant this year. We questioned their receiver core all year long. Yes, I get it. Travis Kelsey is not the typical tight end. He's an amazing, you know, he's pretty much a yeah, a receiver out there. The defense for Kansas City really stepped up this year. But other factors offensively were not the same. We didn't see that same running game that was as effective as we did, say, the year before. Whether that was Biennemi leaving to go to Washington, if that had some influence, their receivers this year for Kansas City were a joke. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was in no man's land most of the year. Kadarius Toney was lining up in, like, Champaign, Illinois. Um, I mean, the guy was all over the place. I mean, so, so what's scary about that is if they retool and they actually bring in some guys that maybe, you know, they're not going to bring in guys uh, receiver wise, like, uh, you know, unless they shock the world, like they're not signing and trading for like a Justin Jefferson or people like that. But there's guys out there in contract situations or that are going to be free agents where if they're smart, they come in on a one or two year deal. Maybe they're on the downside of their career, but maybe they can, can work some things out. So uh, to me, that's what's scary about Kansas city is you got the best quarterback in the NFL. Now you won the super bowl with a receiving core. That is not very good. If you can keep that defense intact, I'm not going to predict them to win three in a row because that's like you said, very difficult to do. But I think it's also a testament stone, though, too. And I said this at one point during the playoff stretch, and I don't mean to be negative because you know how much I love the NFL. But in a way, I kind of feel it was a little bit of a down year for the league. Interesting. I mean, I think it may have been a down year from the standpoint, too, that you had how many different quarterbacks starting. I mean, there was injuries, and they've done everything they possibly can to avoid quarterback injuries because they want the top guys out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was ridiculous the amount of starting quarterbacks throughout the season. So I can I can agree with you from the standpoint that, you know, the quality of play was definitely down because of the quality of court quarterbacking that was going on out there. And again, that kind of opened the door for the Chiefs as well to to find their way in. Um, you know, injuries are a part of the game. Football, it's not a matter – if you play football, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you're going to get injured. And it's a rough sport. Um, But 
I think I think things will bounce back as they always do. It was the uh, most watched Super Bowl in history, um, and again, a lot of that has to do with the Taylor Swift effect as well. I'm not a person <laughs> who gets angered about Taylor Swift being involved in the NFL. To me, if it brings watch brings viewers. It's fantastic. It's bringing a new generation of female fans to it. Unfortunately, they'll probably be Chiefs fans, so I'm kind of sick of that. But it is what it is, and I think it's good for the league. And I think they'll do some tweaks and different things, too, to help things get a little bit more level based on the competitive side. And I and I hope next year, too, the quarterback injuries aren't as great so that the, so that the quality of play does stay at a higher level. I don't have any problem with taylor swift i don't have any problem with yeah i i've been a defend i've defended her i've defended their relationship on this program i don't understand why people get so upset about that where i'm and you'll have to listen to my commentary tonight because i i i'll save most of it for that and maybe it's always been this way stone but I'm starting to feel this more and maybe I'm, maybe it's always been this way and I'm starting to notice it now, but all season long, I watch the NFL cause I love football and I watch for the games. We give our hot takes, we do predictions and, and it's, it's fun because football is, is front and center. And it's the same thing in the playoffs for the wild card, for the divisional, for the AFC and NFC championship. But for the biggest game of the year, it is a spectacle. I'm not saying that that the Super Bowl is not a big deal. It is one of the biggest deals in the world every year. Millions, hundreds of millions of people watch it every year. But the game itself is in the background. Everything else is celebrity, endorsements, commercials, who can be seen. It's this hype factory that it's become. And if that's what the NFL wants... That's cool. They're making millions of dollars. They have more than enough money than what to deal with. But in a way, I sort of feel, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to say sell, you know, like the NFL is sold out because they're they're making money. I get that. But as a, as an actual fan, after Sunday, I kind of felt gypped because the game for me in the first half, the game itself wasn't very good. Now, I know you said, well, if you don't like defense, you're not going to like the game. I, I like some defensive battles. I just didn't think that the game had much flow. And and that's what I'll say is that with all of this corporate hype and all the hype around the Super Bowl, the game becomes secondary and there's not as good of a flow to the game. It's like, here's commercials. Here's this. Here's this hype. Here's that hype. Oh, and now we'll have five minutes of game and now we'll go back to the hype. It's just totally reversed of what it is when you watch the other 98% of the season. No, I think there is something to that. I think you're you're dead on when you're talking about the flow of the Super Bowl. And again, sometimes it's the only game some people watch throughout the whole year. Mm -hmm. You know, as they're not because it has it's become an event. It's become a party. I mean, whose Super Bowl party are you going to? Who's hosting a Super Bowl party? You know, those are those are the things we're talking about making money a national holiday after the Super Bowl and things of that nature. I mean, it definitely it definitely takes away some part of the game and, and. and like I said, for as much of a clunker as it was, you know, where you're feeling the flow and things like that, the NFL got rescued in the fact that the last quarter, yeah. you know, half a quarter of the fourth quarter in the overtime was exciting. It was suspenseful. It was great storytelling. It was 
two heavyweights going back and forth and continuing to throw, trying to throw the knockout punch and not getting it. And finally, you know, Mahomes and company got it with the pass to Nicole Hardman, you know, there. But, I mean, they, they definitely got a way to make up for it. But I won't disagree with you one bit that you're, you're probably, you are correct in the fact that when you watch that game compared to the championship games, compared to the rest of the playoff games, compared to the regular season, it's really, and especially to the extended halftime show, which I know you were not a fan of. <laughs> you it was trash, you know. And, and a lot of them have become trash. It's, 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 it, and they get it. These artists are using the platform to make an artistic statement. But do we really need a forty-five minute to an hour halftime show, you know, to put this on? You're talking about also breaking up the flow of the game. I mean, we've seen teams come out after after an extended halftime show like that who had momentum. Now the tables are turned and the game's a totally different thing. Well, and can you imagine as a player stone? I mean, and I get it. Like they talk about these things for the two weeks leading up to the game. Uh, some of these guys that are on the chiefs have been in a super bowl before, you know? And, and you know, so, so I get that. Like they know what to expect, but once you're in the actual situation and you're, you're in that locker room for so long, you don't go through that situation until you actually go through it and you have to deal with it. Same thing with the pregame stuff, like the pregame's all extended. These guys just want to get out there and play. By about, you know, 5.15 on Sunday afternoon, I was like, damn, let's kick the ball off. Like, let's go. And I get it. It's it's all part of, you know, you got to go through check by check. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what's next. I understand that. Here's Here's everything it is. But my goodness, like, I was feeling that just as a viewer. I can imagine it's 10 times that level as a player. Like, let's get out here and play. I want to hit somebody. Right. And we talked about it even just from us, you know, where we break down the analyzation. When I talked about it on the show last week, I'm like, everything, especially with the week off now, everything is overanalyzing, yeah. over, you know, a breaking down every little nook and cranny. So, yeah, it gets it gets to the point, like you said. I mean, I would I wouldn't mind going back to screw the week off. Let's play the game on a normal schedule. Let's get after it. Because, yeah, it's just like the constant amount of information you have to <clears throat> you have to digest in order <laughs> for this game to go off or whatever. It's ridiculous. Mark Stone is here. I would say the game, uh, the first half I thought was was not great. I, I agree with you. Second half into overtime got better. At that point, too, I think part of what, what uh, dragged me down was my food coma because I, I, I kind of hit it harder after I texted you my over-under on the wings. I went uh, more wings. Usually uh, on game days, I'm a thin crust pizza guy, but I got one thin, one regular crust, and I went with the regular crust to start, and I think that slowed me down. Plus, I added a second piece of cake on top of all of that in the second half. Easily went over 6,000 calories for Sunday, so I'm proud of myself on that. But I'll tell you what. like, So I think part of it was I was in a food coma, but... I, you know, for the game itself, I, I don't think I can honestly give it higher than like a C plus B minus. And that's being generous. Cause at one point I think I had the game at like a C minus. So I'd give the game probably a C plus B minus range. Uh, are you higher than that or lower? Uh, I was going to give it a B, you know, is where I was at. And I mean, part of it is again, my team's in there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I was expecting the defense, you know, for both sides to kind of dictate the game here. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting sick and tired of the fact that the Chiefs were the number one holding team in the NFL going into that game, and you don't get a single holding call in that game. Yeah. If I'm seeing holding calls, especially on runs going to the outside, and there is no flag, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? The NFL likes to pride itself on the fact that it's like, we've got the best crew doing this game. Well, if the best crew's doing this game, call it as you see it. And if you are seeing it and you're not calling it, why? You know, and that's and that's my big thing. I mean, everybody tries to talk about the script and whatever. I mean, I I have a hard time not arguing that. <laughs> you know, like like they say, you know, there was a script there that in order to deliver all these new fans, they were going to make sure that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and things like that. And I just really felt that. And there's nothing I hate worse. And again, you gotta you gotta win. In, in spite of the officiating, you cannot blame the officiating on why you lost. But I just think if you're looking at the laws of averages and you don't call a single hold on the Chiefs throughout the whole game against this defensive front that was getting after them and everything, yeah, something's wrong here. And it's again, it's something that I'll just go back. For as much money that those officials make, they should be full-time officials. And don't give me this crap. Well, it's not going to clean up things. You know what? You got you to gotta make an effort. And the fact that you just say, like, well, no, I mean, full-time officials won't correct this. How do you know? Because you're not doing it. And that's just my thing again to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You make too much money here. There's too much money on the line. And now you're in bed with betting. These officials need to feel that much of a, of a uh, what I want to say here, of a investment in it as well all these guys are lawyers and doctors and stuff and make six figures on their normal job the fact that your part-time job is making as much sometimes even more than your full-time job is a joke you should be a full-time ref period what bothers me too just a final thought about the game and, and kind of a grade a lot of the casual fans but but not even just casual fans like people on sports talk radio this week we're ranting and raving about how it's one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. It, come on. Like that's I don't think that at all. I think people will automatically assume that because it has the two letters O T next to the final. But again, going into overtime doesn't necessarily equate it to being a, a great game. For the halftime show Stone, here's my problem with it. I, I give the halftime show a solid D. And the reason for that is I'm, I'm so tired of the fake hype. You know, the, the, the paid actors that are out in front of the stage, they're not really fans. They don't, you know, they're being paid to be there. You know, they're, they're the hype machine that's there. I think Usher, I'll, I'll say this. I think Usher has hits. He does. He hasn't had a hit that I've heard for the last decade. What I constitute a hit is like, I don't have to listen to R&B radio to hear the Usher song. It's that good where it's going to be everywhere, right? Well, I haven't heard an Usher song that's new, that's good, that's considered a hit for at least a decade. To me, he's probably had one, but you have to go back to like, yeah, or whatever album that was on, 8701. I was in like college when that album came out or, or high school or something. So that's been a while now. I also am so tired, Stone, of the halftime medley 
Why can't Usher just get up there and play four or five of his songs? Why do they have to pick like 25 songs and snip them all up and we're just going to sing the chorus of the songs? Like people aren't stupid. Like play your four or five best songs and call it a day. You know, Michael Jackson, I think if I remember correctly, he played like five or six songs. I don't think there was a medley. Maybe they all flowed together, but for the most part, he did those songs and that was it. And he's the king Uh, of pop. Right. And then, of course, Michael Jackson, you know, Paul McCartney, guys like that who have done this show, YouTube, those guys have more reason to do a medley than these guys. Yeah. Usher doesn't have enough hits that I would even (laughs) recognize to put together. Why are you doing a medley? You don't got enough songs that I even recognize to put into a medley. Why are those other artists I mentioned do? So I would much rather, if I'm going to get a medley, I'd much rather have it with those guys who got yeah. multiple hits than someone who's had four or five max. And we're going to do a medley with 15 songs. What the hell is this other 10 song crap? Also, so, uh, also my question is, I'm, I'm not saying that Usher doesn't have hits. Okay. I'm not saying Rihanna doesn't have hits. I'm not saying they're not rich. They're more famous than me. I'll never be that famous. I get that. Okay. I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but again, we, I just said Usher really hasn't had a hit for at least a decade and that's being generous. And then Rihanna, I get like, she's been doing other things. She has like a fashion line or something. She's very successful. However, she really hasn't been as hot musically in the last decade compared to say like 2011, 2010. Those were the last two picks I'm pretty sure Jay-Z is the executive producer of the halftime show. So is Jay-Z like trying to reignite these careers for Usher and Rihanna and these people that he's choosing for halftime? I mean, you can't get a performer that's more with it, more with the times than Usher and Rihanna. I mean, come on. That, to me, these last two halftimes have been two of the worst. Yeah, it hasn't been great. That's for sure. All right, I'll uh, we'll wrap it with this. Way too early Super Bowl prediction for next year. Or if you don't want to give that, at least give me a team that you think may surprise us next year. Um, Super Bowl pick, I think, kind of with the way things ended in the year, I think Buffalo finds a way to break through on their side here. Um, I think Stefan Diggs is probably going to be gone. They'll replace him with somebody else and they will move and move their way. They'll be healthy on defense. And I think they'll go from their end to get in. I think it's hard to pick against San Francisco right now. I'm definitely curious who this new defensive coordinator will be. Um, I think that's going to be huge for them. You've got all the other pieces coming back. So that's big. And then you're probably only going to add to that too, to the draft. Um, as far as a team that may surprise us next year, I'm going to go Indianapolis. Um, I think Shane Steichen has done a fantastic job with Gardner Minshew. I think if you have a healthy Anthony Richardson, this is going to be a team that probably is going to win that division and be in the mix for the AFC title. It's tough to argue with San Francisco, obviously. You know, I, I think the we'll have the general hype machine with the NFC East between Philadelphia and Dallas. Philadelphia has so many things to work out with the collapse that they had. I'm going to have to see a little bit more of Philadelphia before I fully believe in what they're doing for next year. Dallas I'll never believe in. 
I, I, uh, you know, obviously never count out Kansas City because they're the champs. I like you talking about Indianapolis. I don't know if this would necessarily be a surprise, but this team uh, with pretty putrid quarterback play did some things this year that was quite impressive. You get a quarterback with this team. I think that they could make it to the AFC championship game next year. I like Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, definitely, if they get a quarterback, they they will be a team that's – I love the fact that Arthur Smith is kind of a throwback offensive coordinator that Pittsburgh loves. They love to run the football. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get a quality quarterback there with that defense. Yeah, Pittsburgh definitely could be a team that's right there. Stone, thank you so much for all the contributions this season. It was a hell of a season. It was a hell of a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully our listeners had some fun won a little money and uh we'll uh we'll do it again next year yeah on a free-for-all friday trevor thank you for having me on the trevor j brown show you're listening to the trevor j brown show on the inherent dream podcast network let shima exteriors help with all of your exterior projects need a new roof how about new gutters looking to enhance your property with top-notch concrete work Shima Exteriors serves the St. Cloud area and communities within a 100-mile radius. Give them a call to schedule a time for a quote on your project. 320-248-2406. Shima Exteriors is the official roofing and concrete contractor on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Isaac Jensen here, owner of Jensen Sales Plus in Princeton. Looking to buy or sell on Craigslist, Amazon, or eBay? I can help you with that. Need help with an estate cleanout? I can help you with that too. You can count on Jensen Sales Plus to not only meet, but to exceed all of your needs and requests. For more information, give me a call at 763-742-4583 or visit online at jensensalesplus.com. Jensen Sales Plus is a proud supporter of the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Realtor Elizabeth Jamelli and Merwin & Associates Real Estate Services has over 35 years of experience in all aspects of real estate in Elk River, Zimmerman, Sherburne County, and beyond. Beth and her team can help you find your new home or sell your current one. She also has homes available in a beautiful 55-plus community in Elk River off of Line Avenue, one block north of Aber Auto. You can reach Beth at 763-286-3729 and be sure to check out current and featured listings on her new website, MerwinAndAssociates.com. Elizabeth Jamelli is the official realtor for the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Again, I want to thank Mark Stone for all of his contributions here to the Trevor J. Brown Show. Not just this season, but honestly, throughout the whole dang thing. Some of you have been with us since the very beginning, and you know that this show hasn't always been named the Trevor J. Brown Show. I've been doing podcasts since back in 2015. We used to have a show called Another Round with Trevor Brown. We weren't nearly everywhere as we are now. What I mean by that is, you know, now you can find us on our website, inherentdream.com, Spotify, Apple, Google. You just search for the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts, you get access to this program and also our morning show, 763, the local morning show, weekday mornings. But the Another Round show, which debuted in 2015, at one point it was on 
almost every night, I think. And then we did Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then that got to be a lot. And it was Fridays because I was working another job at the time. And anyway, me and Stone used to work together at an advertising company. And we would go outside on our breaks and record little segments, 15, 20-minute segments, talking sports, doing football picks, talking news and politics and just random things. So we've been doing it a while. And Stone has such great knowledge about football, the NFL, sports in general, but just life in general as well. So Stone, thank you so much for, for everything over the years. I am very excited to officially announce, well, we announced it online, but but officially announced here on the program, we've launched a brand new area on InherentDream.com. It's called The Best of the Trevor J. Brown Show, and it'll feature just that. The best interviews, the best commentary, the best of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Our first three best ofs are up. They're available now. Again, it's on our website. Many of you are there right now, InherentDream.com. The best ofs, the first three. Here's what we have. Carl Obermeyer, musician and frontman for the Twin Cities rock band Capital Sons. Love Capital Sons. They're my favorite band going in the Twin Cities right now. More information on Carl and the band can be found on their website, CapitalSons.com. In the interview... Carl discusses his early musical inspirations, lineup changes within the band, the future of the band, and also the current state of the music scene in the Twin Cities. Also, with every interview for the best of, we're pairing that with my parting gift commentary. Of course, that debuted back in the fall as sort of an ode to Andy Rooney and Jerry Springer's final thought. In the debut commentary, I discussed the summer of the fragile white millennial and Gen Xer male. So we have that one for you. We also have an interview with Katie Shatusky. Katie's the executive director of Thumbs Up, which is located in Elk River. Thumbs Up's mission is all about bringing awareness to mental health and providing support and resources to all. If you would like more information on Katie and Thumbs Up, you can visit thumbsupformentalhealth.org. In the interview, Katie shares how Thumbs Up was formed, the stigmas around mental health, and the ways Thumbs Up is helping break those stigmas and how the conversation around mental health can move forward. In that episode's commentary, I focus on the subject of compassion. And then for our third best of segment, again, we'll be dropping more in the coming weeks. Regina Noel Downing joins us. Regina's been on the program many times. She always offers great insights. She's an author, musician, teacher, coach, and all around people advocate. To learn more about Regina and all of her projects, you can go to her Linktree website. Uh, it's Linktree backslash author R-N-D. Otherwise, we also have a link to her website on our website, which you're on right now, inherentream.com. Just go to the 763, the local morning show sponsors page. There's a link there. But in the interview I did with Regina, she talks about managing time and priorities, keys to communication, 
and also about being vulnerable in relationships. And then for the parting gift commentary in that episode, I explore the topic of vanity. So you have three best ofs. If you've never heard them or you want to go back, you can listen at any time. Again, Carl Obermeyer from the band Capital Sons, Katie Shatusky with thumbs up and author Regina Noel Downing. And we will have more best ofs coming up here in the near future. And we will be announcing them. We have two different Facebook pages and in an ideal world, I wish I could get rid of one of them. We have the Trevor J. Brown show page, which if you like that, thank you. We also have the inherent dream page. If you like that, thank you. If you like both of them, if you like both of them, thank you. However, I wish I just had everything on the inherent dream page. I don't know how to get rid of the Trevor J. Brown show page. It doesn't let me. So because inherent dream has podcasts and music and photography and books and arts and eventually film. I just want all of our projects there, all of our podcasts there. But some of you might like the Trevor J. Brown show page and not like the inherent dream page or vice versa. So if you know how I can get rid of the Trevor J. Brown show page, if you know Facebook really well, I'm not an idiot, a total idiot when it comes to technology and social media, but sometimes I feel like they try to make it so complicated for you. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to get rid of it. But uh, again, the new section on our website, inherentdream.com, the best of the Trevor J. Brown Show. Check it out. Thanks for listening to the Trevor J. Brown Show on the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Time to relax. Time to treat yourself. Time for a massage. Time to head to In Good Hands Massage in Malacca. In Good Hands Massage specializes in all types of massage, including deep tissue, relaxation, hot stone, sports massage, and more. They also offer salt lamps, essential oils, and much more. Book your appointment today or get your gift cards at facebook.com slash massage by Lindsay. The Deep Valley Book Festival is back for 2024. This is a free festival that celebrates literary culture and brings authors and readers together. Saturday, October 5th, from 10 to 4 at the Country Inn and Suites Conference Center in Mankato. Hundreds of books of all genres. Meet the authors and get your books signed. Workshops, special speakers, book drawings, and much more. More information can be found at deepvalleybookfestival.com. A world dedicated to artistic exploration. This is Inherent Dream, home to the Inherent Dream Podcast Network, Inherent Dream Records, art, photography, books, and film. Visit us online at inherentdream.com. Now time for Trevor's parting gift. I want to make one thing clear. I love football. In particular, I love watching the National Football League. Every year, when September comes around and the real thing is here, I base my schedules on the league schedule that week. Good game on Monday night? Can't miss that. My Patriots play on a Thursday? I need to watch it. So should I be concerned that I've started to become lackadaisical about the Super Bowl? Let me explain. All season long, I watch for the action. The touchdowns, the sacks, the incredible athleticism displayed by some of the greatest athletes in the world. 
Yes, there are pregame shows. Yes, there are predictions and hot takes. Heck, we gave predictions and hot takes all season long on this very program. But it was about the game, not the distractions. The game during the season and playoffs is about the game. The Super Bowl is a corporate hype factory with the game being secondary, a mere component of eight hours of pregame hype, celebrity sightings, corporations spending millions on commercials, fake pandemonium for halftime performers who haven't had a hit single in a decade, and more. If you wanted to get into the big game in Vegas last weekend, it would have cost you about $6,500. That's the lowest priced ticket I could find. But at least you'd be in the stadium with the likes of Beyonce, Jay-Z, LeBron, and Taylor. If you wanted 30 seconds of airtime, it most likely would have cost you $7 million. But at least you could be spotted with countless other celebrities flaunting their fame. I use the Chris Farley air quotes around the term celebrities. Am I supposed to know or give a damn who Spice Ice is or... Is it Ice Spice? Whatever the hell their name, we have watered down everything in America. Now we're all famous. We're all celebrities. There used to be a time when you actually had to be famous. Brad Pitt didn't just become a celebrity. He grew into it. For one, he's a damn fine actor. Worked his butt off. Yeah, he's... A good-looking dude, too, but Brad Pitt is an actual celebrity. Leonardo DiCaprio, Barbara Streisand. Here's a rule of thumb. If that person can go by just their first name or last or a nickname, then they're probably pretty famous. McCartney, Mick, the King of Pop, Whitney, Elvis. Okay, I'll calm down now before I get any more off track. I'm not anti-celebrity, no. I'm anti-saying that everyone is a celebrity. Look, I'm frustrated. Because all season long, I actually watch the games. I talk about the games. I'm a football fan. And then for the biggest game of the year, everyone and their mother shows up to be seen. Every nook and every cranny is sponsored all the halftime hype on the field is bought and paid for and manufactured. Every commercial has some narrative on what that company wants you to think America is or what it needs to become. And the game itself is merely background noise. Until next time, good night. This has been the Trevor J. Brown Show. The opinions expressed on this show do not express the views of staff, management, or sponsors of Inherent Dream Production Company or streaming services where the show may be heard. The Trevor J. Brown Show is produced by Inherent Dream Production Company. Thanks for listening to the Inherent Dream Podcast Network. Home to 763, The Local Morning Show, and The Trevor J. Brown Show. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like at facebook.com slash inherent dream and follow us on X at Inherent Dream.